was very good. I am really, really encouraged by the way we are growing in the Word of God and the understanding we are having because day by day we grow. And then we were unable to finish the Romans chapter 8 uh, last week because it was very interesting. So this week we will continue uh, Romans chapter 8. Uh, last week we were able to deal with it till uh, verse 14 from verse 1 to 14, but I believe that God will be helping us today to, to be able to finish it. I think I mentioned something that we should really uh, study a little bit about is uh, how to be led by the Spirit of God. That was where we stopped last week. Uh, we ended it on how to be led by the Spirit of God, and I was like, we should uh, study more on that and then come back and see uh, what are the ways we can be led by the Spirit of God. So I will just quickly read from verse 15. Let me, I will read from verse 14, and then I will read to the last verse. I pray that God will give us the grace to finish it today, uh, because it's, uh, it's very interesting. I've been enjoying this, this particular chapter that we are dealing with. It's very, very interesting. So I will just quickly read, and then we can follow in our Bible, so that we can all go uh, pari passu. Uh, from verse 14, it says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of adoption, uh, bondage again to, flee, to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs and heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so, that we suffer with him, that we may also glorify together. For I reckon that the suffering of this present world time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the Creator waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the Creator was made subject to vanity, not willing, not willingly, but by the reason of him who have subjected the same in hope, because the creator itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of the corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and travails in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first, which have the firstborn of the spirit, even we ourselves, grown in ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why does he yet hope for? But if we hope for that which is not seen. Then we have patience, wait for him. Likewise, the Spirit also help our infirmity. For we know not that we should pray for as we ought to, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be altered. He that, and he that searches the heart knoweth what is in the mind of the Spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. 
For whom he did foreknow, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that we might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, whom he did call, them he also justified, whom he did he justified, them he, them he also glorified. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, who shall not, who shall he, how, I mean, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Which, who shall lay anything in charge of the God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemned? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather, that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God? Who also maketh intercession for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword, as it is written, as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nail in all these things we are more than conqueror through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor power, nor things present, nor things to come, neither height nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ our God, our Lord. So if you look at uh, reading from, uh, uh, we've been reading Romans chapter 8 from verse 14 down to the last verse, which is 39. But I want us to go through it. It's very, very interesting, uh, full of all, a lot of revelations. And Paul is really speaking a lot here that we can learn uh, from. I, 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 I look at uh, from Romans chapter 8 from verse 1, is dealing with the flesh. But Romans chapter 8 from verse 14, even from verse 10, started dealing with us being in the spirit. I uh, started dealing with force that we are in the realm of the flesh, the law of nature, the law of God is in operation and the Bible makes us understand that we are our carnal mind, uh, God is the carnal mind is enmity against God, that is our flesh, dealing with our senses, walking in the senses, doing things in our flesh is not in relation with God. God doesn't want to connect with us with our flesh. And the Bible makes us understand that we have to be spiritually minded. If you go through Romans chapter 8 in the la last week, we were talking about that we should be what? Spiritually minded, that that is what God is waiting for, that we should be connected to God in the spirit. So, if you look at what the Bible is saying from 10 downward, but most especially, uh, we'll be talking about from verse 14, it's talking about a spirit-filled man that is operating in the realm of the spirit. So, we are going to be looking at that because we are spirit-filled and we are not operating in the realm of the flesh. We have left the realm of the flesh and Paul is dealing with them so that they can understand what is happening in the spirit. How do a spirit-filled man operate in the spirit? 
what are those transactions, uh, the, the things that take place in the spirit. Because we are spirit man. And then we have to know that when we are in the spirit, what is happening? Can, can we be in the flesh and also be in the spirit? Can we, uh, how do we go into the realm of the spirit? And how does the spiritual realm look like? Those are the things that we are going to be dealing with. I'm just giving us a broader view of uh, everything that we'll be encountering, uh, talking about in Romans chapter 8. So first, I want to us to start with this question, that how can we be led by the Spirit of God? Maybe before we go into that, I want us to look at uh, the spirit realm that Jesus is talking about before we ask that question. I want us to uh, put our mind and um, pull us from the flesh now and look at the spiritual realm. Uh, when we say someone is born again, you know, there was it's amazing what uh, uh, Jesus was discussing uh, with uh, with Paul, I mean with, with Nicodemus. And in John chapter 3, uh, if we can turn our Bible to John chapter 3, I'm going to come back to Romans chapter 8. But I want us to look at John chapter 3. When Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, what it means to be born again, you know, when we say, oh, we are born again, what does it mean? And Jesus is making Nicodemus understand that uh, uh, there is the realm of the flesh. There are those that are born in the flesh. And then there are those that are born in the spirit. And those that are born in the spirit are different from those that are born in the flesh because they came from the spirit. And how they walk and operate is in the spirit that nobody can understand. They are connected to God in the spirit. The devil doesn't understand that area when it comes to his secret place. The Bible says, he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High, secret place of the Most High shall abide. There's a secret place of the Most High where we, uh, the Christian, the believers, dwell. Where we uh, commune with God, where we associate with God, where, where God can talk to us. So I want us to bring us back to the, uh, to the discussion of uh, uh, Jesus with Nicodemus. John chapter 3, if we read uh, verses, uh, let's read from verse 5, and then we'll read to verse 8. But I will look at, I will use another, I will use NIV. NIV is very uh, more understanding to than the King James I'm using. So I'll just use the NIV, I'll read from NIV. It says, uh, from verse 5, it says, Jesus answered, Verily, truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and of the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You, you should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. Verse 8 that I want us to focus on. It says, the wind blows where it pleases. You hear this, its sound. But you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So is it with anyone born of the Spirit. Look at the illustration of uh, uh, that Jesus is giving to someone in the Spirit. That word. We, people that are born in the flesh, every one of us is born in the flesh. We are born from flesh, Adamic nature. You see the person that is born of the flesh. But God is making Jesus, is making illustration of how will you, this person that is born of the Spirit, how do they look like? He said, they look like wind. They are operating like wind. 
the, the realm is like wind. It says that he that is born of the spirit, we are born of the spirit. It says we are is like a wind blows where it pleases. You can hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from and where it's going. So is he that is born of the spirit. That is, we are not working in the senses. We are not working with our sight. We are not working with this nature. We are working in the spirit. Nobody can see the wind unless the wind is mixed with dirty things. When the, the wind is stormy and then it's mixed with dirty things, you can see, oh, the wind is there. But most of the time, how do we know that there is a wind? It's because we can feel it. We can see the, the, the manifestation. I'm not talking about feeling because people, I've seen many people talking about, I feel the Spirit of God. No, I perceive. You don't feel. It's not, it's not flesh. It's talking about feeling. Oh, I feel like this. No. In the Spirit, we perceive because we know. So he's saying that what? That we can hear the sound. We cannot see the wind, but there is a sound, there is a, there is a manifestation that those that are born in the spirit, they produce. There are things going on in the spirit that a physical man will be looking and may not understand. But those that are in the spirit can perceive God. They know God. They understand the communication and everything that goes on happening in the spirit. That's what I see when we talk about talking about the word of God. Uh, praying, most especially when you are praying in tongues. You know, we are going to be dealing with that because Romans chapter 8 really talks about it. I just want to bring us to an understanding of a spirit man. How does it mean? What does it mean to be born of the spirit? So let's go back to the question I first asked. That how can a spirit-filled man now be led by the spirit of God? How are we being led by the spirit of God? I'm throwing the question open to every one of us. How, what do you think? How can you, as a spirit being filled man, be led by the Spirit of God? Is it possible to be led by the Spirit of God? And uh, are we just going to be led by senses? How I feel, how I perceive, whatever, anything is saying. But a spirit filled man, should we just follow what the flesh, what everything is going on in the world is saying? Or how can we connect to the spirit and be led by the spirit of God? Oh yeah, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead. Who will first go? Hey brother, Allah will first go, right? You started last week, so <laughs> go ahead today. Starla is not there. Mr. Greg. Hello, Pastor Izzy. Uh -huh. Now you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> ah, okay. You know, um, just to add to what you said, you know. Yeah, okay. Anyone who is not led by the flesh anymore, because already the flesh is what you feel, what you see, mm -hmm. you know, what you can perceive. If you are not being led by all of those senses, because at the end of the day, the flesh is what transmits or writes like a media, you know, between the soul and the spirit. Okay. Now, what is the soul? 
it's only the, your mind, your will. Mm-hmm. You know, the soul is your emotion. Yeah, also, also. So what is the soul is emotion? Is the body, the flesh. So if you are not moved by all of all that, and again, the soul feeds the spirit. Hmm. Okay. So if it's vice versa anyway. Mm-hmm. If, say for example, one is being led by the flesh. You see a pile of money on the floor. You got your money. And your 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 emotions and everything. Let me take this one. You know what they look with you? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you respond to that feeling, that emotion, which is now a believer, your spirit might be like, ah no, that bad thing is a bad thing. Don't take it, don't take it, because already you are born in Christ. You mm-hmm. accepted, you know, the Holy Spirit. You accepted, you know, God Himself. Awesome. So that spirit has come on you. Hmm. So your mind now will be telling you, no, no, take out. Take it. It's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Your body, your soul is telling you, ah, oh man, let me take them to buy shawarma and carry somewhere and enjoy myself. You know. So you being led by the spirit, mm-hmm. you have already told yourself that all this flesh, every earthly thing is like, no, I don't succumb to you anymore. So I allow the spirit to lead me. And I want to perceive and discern things around me. Mm. That is my contribution, sir. Thank awesome. You. Awesome. That's good. That's good. That example is good. And he finished and he left the, the group. I think he's coming back. Uh, Mr. Greg is back. Mr. Greg, do you have something to add? Or maybe Tease has something to add to us, to the discussion. And um, Brother John is also here too. Um, I think Mr. Greg is busy. So Tease, let's go ahead with you. What do you think? How can a believer that is born of the Spirit be led by the Spirit of God? Okay. Yeah. I'd say, uh, yeah, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit leads us personally. You know, just as He indwells us individually, He Mm -hmm. also leads us individually. Okay. This is on a very personal uh, and individual. He leads us internally from the inside out. This is like something that is taking place in the depth of our soul. He's leading us scripturally, we can say, mm-hmm. you know, because the Spirit of God inspired and authored the scripture and is leading us to pursue and to obey it. Mm. He's, leading us with, uh, he's leading us with dreams, visions, or subjective, just emotional impulses. Mm-hmm. Let's say, uh, lead us through the written, uh, objective word of God. You know, it leads us, you can say it leads us blamelessly, meaning it never leads us into sin, but away from sin, into personal holiness. Hmm. You can say again, hmm. it leads us con- convincingly. When we say to follow, uh, is leading into personal holiness, uh, the scripture convicts us and puts us on the light now, now within our soul. It's like a hunting thing that we have to to 
to be straight from the path. some areas how the Holy Spirit can lead us because it's going to be good for some of us maybe we've not been able to understand when the Spirit of God is speaking to you and you were able but Allah was able to mention some things that the way the Holy Spirit is saying but I like the way you also uh, expand on it uh, talking about internally that the Holy Spirit speaks to us internally. Brother Allah was talking about an example, someone that saw money on the floor and you wanted to pick it. And the Spirit of God is speaking to you internally and is saying, no, don't do this. It's guiding you. It leads. I like the way you say, it leads. Put that word. It leads us internally. Also, you mentioned or something, the Word of God. You know, it leads us through His Word. Everything that we are talking about is hearing the voice of God. Hearing the voice of God is a way you can discern when the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Internally, through the silent voice, inner voice that it speaks to you, you can perceive it. But I want us to understand something. The Holy Spirit is not leading you through the flesh. The Holy Spirit is leading you through your spirit relating to your soul. It's from spirit to the soul. The Spirit of God relates with our spirit and we can perceive and understand with our soul. But Allah has broken down what is the component of our soul. Very good. Uh, we have the will, our will, we have our mind, and we have the emotion. All these things must be subjected to what? To the Spirit of God. We can either submit to the flesh by our senses, controlling our soul, or we allow the Spirit of God, relating with our spirit, to control our soul. And I like what you mentioned. First, I'll mention it again. Through our spirits, we perceive the voice of God. That God is speaking to me by speaking to our spirit directly, silent voice. Through the word of God, you hope in the word of God. And the spirit of God directed a particular, it can just be a particular phrase in the Bible to you. And he's speaking to you. You know, is it, I think early this morning I was I was bothered by a lot of things. A lot of things was bothering my mind and, and uh, like a little bit down in my mind. So I was trying to uh, hear from God. God, what are you saying? So the word that God gave me is assurance. And the Holy Spirit developed that word, broadening it. I, it became a message already. So is the Spirit of God speaking into my spirit? I didn't see. I didn't see assurance from maybe reading the Bible. I have to search out where is it written. Where can I find assurance? What do you mean by the assurance? So the Spirit of God relate to my spirit, and then I perceive it. 
and my soul can understand because of my mind. So I talk about the word of God. You can read the word of God and it jumps to you. I want to broaden something that you mentioned also. Dreams and visions. You know, you can be going, you have a dream and a vision. You know that God is the one speaking to you. You have to be able to differentiate your flesh and the spirit of God or what people are saying. You know, uh, most of the time, people that don't know how to walk in the realm of the spirit, they easily connect to the flesh. They say, I feel what I'm feeling. And you can look at what they are feeling is always connected to emotion and feelings. It's not, it's not really grounded in the word of God. It's, and the feeling is controlling them. We have people that are moved by emotion. Uh, and the Spirit of God, sometimes you can be fearful, you can be feeling like feeling, you feel the fear, but the Spirit of God is saying, no, you shouldn't be afraid. But it's a feeling that your fear is feeling. You can be feeling uh, lost or temptation, and but the Spirit of God will relate to your spirit and say, no, this is just a feeling. So, so many things goes around the world, and the Spirit, the devil, can relate with our flesh easily. That is the dimension I'm talking about, we're going to be talking about, the dimension of the flesh, in which the devil can easily relate with our flesh. He works with our flesh. He can cause anger. He can cause strife. He can cause all kinds of things around us to be able to relate with us, and we can feel things. We can, we can sense things around which are not from the Spirit of God, but it's the devil that is operating in that environment. But now, I, I want to give us an illustration before some of us also contribute to uh, being led by the Spirit before we move further. Uh, I classify being led by the Spirit uh, into the spiritual realm by, like an example, I'm going to give an example of uh, uh, when a plane, a jet, or an helicopter leave the ground level. You know, everybody's on the ground level, that is our flesh the laws, the senses, everybody relates to the flesh, like being on the ground, the cars are moving, some are using the bicycle, bike, and all kind of movement, everybody's moving on the ground, that is like moving on the flesh level, the realm of the flesh, the feelings, the lust, the desires, all kind of things are going on in the flesh. But now, when you connect and you are walking in the spirit, it's like Lord, it's like lifting yourself, moving from the realm of the land of flesh to the realm of the spirit. It's like a plane moving. And you know, when you are moving in that dimension, you are not the one controlling things again. You are subjected to another law. If I jump up by my flesh like this, I will come down because that's the law of gravity. A law, the law of the flesh is guided by the law of gravity. It brings everybody down. But when I connect to the law of the aerodynamics, we can class, we can put as an example of being in the spirit, the law of the spirit. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse, uh, verse 2 or so, it says the law of the spirit, verse 2, it says the law of the spirit of in Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, has made us free from the law of sin and death. So the law of the realm of the flesh, uh, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit, the law that is in the spirit, the law of grace, lift us off from the law of the sin and death, which operate at this level, everybody is there, to the law of the spirit, which I can put as the law of the aerodynamics. And in that realm, when you are driving or subjected to aerodynamics, you don't do what you wish. 
You don't just say whatever I wish. You listen to the tower. Whatever the tower is saying, you move in the dimension and in the direction with the tower. Because if you don't move in the direction and the dimension of the tower, you will fall. You just fall. And there will be a crash. That's why Jesus is saying that whosoever is born of the Spirit is like a wind that is coming. And you can see, you can hear the sound, but you don't know where it's coming and where it's going. You don't know where it's coming and where it's going. That is someone that is being moved by the Spirit. That is walking in the Spirit. That is connected to God in the Spirit. Romans chapter 8 really talks about it. We will discuss it. How we are walking in the Spirit. How those things are happening. So you are subjected to another law. You are subjected to the Spirit of God moving you. You are now in the law of aerodynamics, flying and flying higher. That's what the Bible says. We are we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. That's in the Spirit. It's not in the flesh. In the Spirit, we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. He said, far above. There are things below. There are things above. Our flesh is below. But now, and the, the realm of the flesh is below. But now we are far above. We are far above everything that is connected to the flesh. We are now in the realm of the spirit where Jesus lives. Where everything is connected to God. Where we can understand God clearly. Where direction and voice of God is audible in our spirit. Because we are now in, subjected, in subjection to what? To the spirit. And the Spirit is moving you. People may not understand why you do some things, you know. People may not understand. When we talk about moving in the Spirit, you say something, you want to do something, say God is telling you something, they don't understand. Because they are what? They are being moved by the senses. In their own senses, looking at the side and saying it, it cannot happen. Because they are looking at, oh, this has never happened. But the Bible says that in the law of the Spirit, in the realm of the Spirit, you see things from the, from the spiritual perspective as God is seeing what God is revealing to us. You know, uh, the Bible says that the eyes have not seen, that is the realm of the flesh. The ears have not heard, senses too. It does not enter into the heart of man what God has prepared for those that love him. But how do we get access to what God has prepared for those that love him? Is only when we connect into the spirit, not in the flesh, not in the flesh. When we connect into the spirit, and in the connection with the spirit, the devil does not understand that. You know, even the devil, they relate together, demons, I mean the demonic realm, uh, they relate together in the spirit. Everything is concluded in the spirit, but we see it in the physical. In the spiritual realm, God can open you to what is happening in the kingdom of darkness so that you can see what is operating, what the devil is devising. Uh, you can have a vision, you can have a dream. God can show you through his word what is really happening in the spiritual realm. Connecting, opening your eyes to see what is in the spirit. And also, the devil cannot understand what God is telling you in the spiritual realm. In the things of God, the devil doesn't understand that. As God is relating to you, it's a secret. The devil doesn't know. He, he cannot figure it out. And he's trying to figure it out. But unless you say it, whatever you say is what the devil knows. In the spiritual realm, you and God is the one that is aware of what his plans for you is. 
and what is about to do, the direction is leading you. But in, the devil doesn't understand that because it's not connected to that spirit. It's not connected to that realm of God, the realm of the light. So I'm just trying to make us understand how it works. When you, as a believer now, start operating, start working, you have to figure out how to leave the realm of the flesh and get into the realm of the spirit. You know, sometimes when we start fasting, it's not like uh, fasting is the, is the most important thing that connects us to God, but we, 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 we kill our flesh, we, we deny the flesh, we leave the, the realm of the flesh, we submit ourselves to God, and now we connect to God in the spirit. And now, sometimes when you are fasting and in the presence of God, having a quiet time with God, or uh, a fellowship with God, you can hear God clearly. And you, you, you know things. Because now you will make yourself available to God to be able to relate with you in the Spirit. He's relating with you in the Spirit. And you can perceive things. There is a perception. In the Spirit, we perceive it in our spirit. You perceive it in your spirit and it's strong. You know, most of the time when I hear God speak to me, I know it's God. Because I know how he has been speaking and I, I can sense it in my spirit. It's strong in my spirit. Even when you are praying in tongues, you can know those things. Uh, and you'll be able to operate well to know that this is the next thing to do. Oh, I need to pray about this. I need to say this and... If you are a minister of God, maybe you are teaching, preaching, you subject yourself to the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God will take over and will be speaking through you. So I, I don't want to say too much. Maybe, Brother John, you want to say something about uh, being led by the Spirit because we have so many things to discuss today. Do you want to say anything before we move on? No, no, no. You said it all. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So, uh, like uh, we're talking about uh, being in the spirit. If you look at Romans chapter 8, verse 15, 16, make us understand that also. So, for we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, that is, in that level, to be translated into the spirit, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. It means that we can relate with our Father in the spirit. There is no uh, the spirit of fear that has subject us not to be able to relate with God in the spirit. But now that we have been adopted, we are, we are born again, we can relate with our Father freely. You know, when you say, cry Abba Father, say Father, Father. Abba means Father. You are saying Father, Father. So your relationship with God is, is unquestionable by the devil. Is without fear, is in love. God is waiting for you to communicate it, to communicate with him at any time. So verse 16 says, and the spirit itself bear witness. Look at that. That is what I'm talking about. There is a witness that you uh Tease was talking about in our spirit. He said the spirit itself bear witness with our spirit. That what? That we are the children of God. If I if I'm saying that something that are you a child of God? You should know. Because it's not me that should tell you whether you are a child of God or not. It is the Spirit of God in you that should bear witness with your spirit that you are a child of God. I love an example that Brother Allah was uh, giving when someone saw money or you want to steal or you want to sin and the Spirit of God is telling you, you know you are a child of God. You know you are a child of God. A child of God, don't do that. You know you are a child of God. You should speak the truth. 
You know, the Spirit of God is bearing witness with your spirit. And it's bringing the word of God. You know, it's reminding you. You know you're a child of God. We don't need to tell you. You know you're a child of God. Also, maybe the devil is harassing us. Or we are in a stage that uh, we are being oppressed by the devil. The devil, the, uh, the Spirit of God will tell you, you know you are a child of God. A child of God does not subject itself to the devil. You have to take authority now. You know you are a child of God. There is a witnessing in our spirit. There is a testifying to us. And it's giving us boldness and say, you are a child of God. You are a child of God. So let's read further. Uh, verse 17 says, If children, then heirs and heirs of God, joint heirs with God, if so, be it that we suffer with him, we shall also be glorified with him. But I want us to uh, ask us this question. Uh, we go further, talking about verse 19, Romans chapter 8, verse 19. And I want someone to explain it. What is the Bible saying concerning this verse? For we, that we are the children of God. What is the Bible saying concerning us that we are the children of God. Romans chapter 8 verse 19 says, For the earnest expectation of the creature waited for the manifestations of the sons of God. And I want us, because I said we should study this. So, what do you think about this verse? Because this verse is pointing to every one of us. That what? I will read it again. And I want us to talk about it. For the earnest expectation of the creature, everything in the whole world, is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Please, I want us to discuss this. If this is the only thing we can discuss and move forward, we are good. Because it's important. Can someone explain that? Give us more understanding? Okay, but I don't want to. Go ahead. Yeah, so my, 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 my thoughts about this scripture, mm -hmm. um, this very passage itself, is, is, I think is uh, more or less related to, uh, to what uh, Paul was saying. Apostle uh, Paul was saying, Precisely in the book of Second Corinthians three verse five. Okay. You see, uh, when we understand the nature of man itself and the Holy Spirit itself, we come to realize that man is a being that was created by God. Mm -hmm. And if you go back to the uh, Greek term, you come to realize that the Greek term defined man to be an individual that looks up. So, looking at this from a very clear perspective, mm -hmm. man was not designed or was not uh, created to function in himself. Mm. There is a deficiency nature within man, and that deficiency can only be, uh, be, be, be healed or be covered by God himself. Mm -hmm. This is one of the reasons that when God created Adam, he left Adam in Eden, which is like an extension to the kingdom of God. And the Bible gave us the perspective that God was coming in the evening mm -hmm. to meet with Adam. So that, to me, if you look at it very well, Adam didn't grow up. Adam was born as an adult. Adam mm -hmm. was created as an adult. True. So there is knowledge Adam never got. 
So this is why God within his nature, within himself, thought that this guy needs to undergo some schooling. And that was the nature of him coming to Adam every evening. And you see, uh, going through the scriptures, spanning from Genesis to the New Testament, you mm -hmm. come to realize that even proximity with the word does not mean that you will understand the word. Mm -hmm. Even in terms of prayer, you, the Bible says we do not know no. what to pray mm -hmm. and how we ought to pray. It is the Spirit. So it becomes the Spirit of God that teaches us. The Bible says that takes away our infirmities. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? Looking at that verse very well, and we understand from Romans chapter 8, yeah. that those that are called the sons of God mm -hmm. are those that are led by the Spirit. Okay. Because of the fallen nature of man, because of the fall, because man was supposed to man was created to function and to act like God. That is, man was like a mini-God. Mm -hmm. Because man fell, every other thing fell. The creation, the creation itself fell because man fell. As a result of that, it is when men started yielding to the, started yielding to the prompting of the Spirit, that is when every other thing will start being in alignment with their original intent. Of why God created them. So this is what uh, Romans uh, 8, with Romans 8, verse um, uh, I think 19, mm -hmm. for the endless expectation of the creature waited for the manifestations of the sons of God. So there's a, there's a section within the creation of God that are still waiting for those people that are called sons of God. And those people that are called sons of God are those that are being led by the spirit so i just think this is my little perspective about this uh, verse awesome awesome that's that's good does anybody have something to say about it it's a very good verse actually i and every one of us need to understand this if we if we say we are sons of god because there is a role that a son of god need to play on earth and you mentioned as sufficiencies of God. That's Second Corinthians chapter three, verse five. Say, as sufficiency is not of ourselves, as sufficiency is of God, which is good. But now, uh, if someone can brought us more about it, that the, there is an expectation. It's not only that they are expecting God alone, but the world is waiting for the children of God, those that God has revealed Himself to. Those that understand this God to manifest the glory of their Father. He said, the Bible says we are joined heir with Christ. It means that uh, what whatever is in Christ is in us. Whatever Jesus could do, I could do it. Uh, I was looking at uh, um, the word Peter walks on water, and today I was excited about it. Like, wow, Peter walked on water. I don't know, I was just excited, you know. <laughs> it's not a device, I've not read it, I've not been able to read it before. But I was just excited about it that, oh, Peter could walk. Peter walked on water. How exciting it is that Peter could walk on water. And let's say the people that are gender, his unbelievers are there, and they saw Peter walking upon water. They say, wow, they are clapping for Peter. Peter, you tried. What Jesus was doing, you could do it. 
So that is the same expectation that they are having that uh, we the the we that we call ourselves children of God could manifest what God Himself could manifest, could could express uh, God in reality to people, not just in words. You know, I, I, there was a time I was reading, and God was able to bring my understanding to what is written in Galatians chapter four, and I would just like us to read it. We don't have much time. But I want us to understand that we as sons of God cannot manifest God unless we grow. Yes, we are born again. And I can use an example. A baby is born again. It's like a baby. A baby is born already. A baby has the ability to speak, to walk, to run, to do all kinds of things. But it's a baby. You know, a mother knows that my child is uh, uh, maybe three months old. My child is still a baby. And you know, so many people spiritually, they are born again. They were born again for uh, 10 years. Many have been born again for 15 years. You know, some are born six months and you've seen their growth. That they are ready, not even just drinking milk, that they are crying every time. But now they are beginning to say, Baba, they are beginning to speak. They are not just a baby that the mother has to understand his baby by just crying. You know, that's some believers. That's how, that's how God relates with them. God only understands that when they are crying, every problem they are always crying. They cannot speak. They are not even crawling, not, not walking. They are not useful for anybody. Imagine, we as believers, being a baby, that we are not, we are yet to speak, we are yet to walk, we are we are not even yet to crawl, not to talk of running, not to talk of pronouncing some words in full sentence, in uh, uh, delivering. I mean, talking with maturity, with everything that the world is saying that the mother is happy. Oh, my child is talking. Oh, my child is walking. You know, sometimes mothers are always excited when they see their baby growing. Ah, they're always excited. My baby is growing. My baby is growing. And they see their child start talking. Say, Baba or oh, Daddy. Or say, Mommy. You just, just pronounce those words. Mothers are always excited. And that's the same thing with God. God is always excited when he sees his children growing. If the child of God is not yet, is not growing. Is still a child. Is not yet become a son that you are waiting for. The world is not waiting for a child. They're not waiting for kids. They are waiting for sons that have grown in maturity. Sons that can speak. Sons that are not learning how to call Baba. That cannot. That every problem they are always crying. Their response to problems, situations, even in their own life, he is crying. You see the baby cry. The mother has to interpret what the baby is saying. The unbelievers cannot interpret what you are saying, even if you cannot even talk to your God, understand your God properly. So, we have to grow from being a kid to being someone that is now a toddler, uh, to growing from being a toddler so fast. I like uh, what God is doing among us. Many of us are growing. I'm really excited with the way we talk about the word of God, with the way we explain the word of God. I'm really, really excited because I want every one of us to be a teacher. Very soon, start teaching, uh, having your own fellowship and doing things for God, praying for people, 
talking about what God is doing through you. You know, it's exciting to see those things happen through everyone. But that's manifestation. When you are also teaching people, uh, blessing them, uh, exhorting them, uh, preaching to them, having some fellowship, having some people that you are also discipling. You are no longer a baby. You are no longer a toddler. You've come to the teenager's level and maturity is coming. That is what God is expecting. But if you look at Galatians chapter 4, I just want us to look at that. Sons of God, verse 1. Galatians chapter 4, verse 1. It says, What am I saying? As long as, as, long as an heir is under age, he is no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. The heir is subject to guidance, and trustee until the time set by his father. Let's continue reading. So also, when we were under age, we were in slavery under the elements, elemental spiritual forces of the world. Look at that. It's still, it's still going to further talk about, and let me read verse 4. It says, But when the set time has fully come, God sent forth his son, born of the woman, Born under the law. But look at verse 1, 2, 3. He's talking about Jesus. And he's also talking about us. Jesus never started his ministry when he was a kid. When his understanding has not grown up uh, to that level as God in the flesh. Jesus was taught. Jesus needed to understand. Jesus needed to grow. Jesus did not start his ministry at 12 years old. He was still learning. He was asking questions. He was, he was doing the things that are necessary. But when he became mature in the, in the, in the physical body and with the, with, the, with the human understanding, at the age of 30, he started his ministry. Also, as a child of God, we are not talking about age in the physical now. Jesus started his ministry by 30 years. God can start using a 12 years old, and the 12 years old can, can, might have grown spiritually to understand the things of God in a mature way. And the way a 12 years old is speaking, is commanding in the spirit, is walking in the spirit, is operating in the spirit, is mature. It's no longer a kid. That's what the Bible says. As long, I say, what am I saying? Is that as long as a heir, Bible says Romans chapter 8, verse 7, 17 says, And if children, then heirs, and heirs of Christ, joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, we shall also be glorified with him. It's bringing us to understanding that we are heirs of Christ in Romans chapter 8, verse 17. So the heirs of Christ now. Those ones that the throne belongs to, those ones that the power belongs to, those ones that dominion belongs to, those ones that authority belongs to, but they are not grown maturely. So he said, as long as they are still under age spiritually, as long as they are not growing mentally in their knowledge of God, they don't differ from a slave. And that's why we see so many believers still, uh, still like a slave in the church. You know, they listen to the word of God. You have to, you have to, they have to wait for people to pray for them. They cannot pray for themselves. They have never seen God do something in their own life. How can you see God do something in other people? We are to go out there. 
But if God has not manifested himself to us personally, how can we now go out there and manifest God? If you have not seen the demonstration of God in your life, God has not healed you before, uh, God has not uh, done some things through you, you've not seen the manifestation of God mentioning about the testimony of what God did in your life, how you were facing some challenges and God was able to deliver you and you are growing maturely, you know. David, for example, I'm going to bring you back to David, that God said he's going to be the king. <laughs> He said, ah, I've anointed my, my, I found a man for myself. He didn't say I found a kid for myself. You know, it's so, it's so amazing that God did not call David a kid. Because God is not looking at his physical body. God is looking at his spiritual level, spiritual understanding, what he knows, the way he's operating now. He said, I found a man for myself. The Bible did not say I found a child for myself. Uh, the Bible was talking about that if a, uh, in Ecclesiastes was talking about that if, the, if a, a noble is a child was talking about it, I've read about being a child uh, in a long time and then uh, maybe we have time we can go over it, but it's so, it's so demeaning, it's so ashamed if, uh, if someone that is a noble is still a kid even God looked at David and he saw that he's a man and David is talking about what a man could do that Goliath is saying, boy, you are a lad. <laughs> you should be <laughs> in your mother's uh, house just playing around and playing with kids. But David has grown from being a kid, playing around, but he's mature. David talks about the experience that he had with the lion. He talks about the experience that he had with what? A bear. That is not what a child we have. It's what a man of war. A man that is experienced, full of knowledge, can have. He's not talking that now I want to kill a giant. He's killing a giant at that age. You know, that is maturity. That is the person that is coming on the throne. That is the person that will be able to appraise as he's supposed to on the throne. But now David is growing. He's getting mature. Before he got to the throne, he has been mature. That's why the Bible says that the heir is subjected to guidance. The air is subjected to some things. The air will be allowed to face some things. You know why we face some things in our life? It's because God is subjecting you, trying to make you mature, trying to push out the childish nature out of us, trying to make us operate and talk like a man, trying to make us not to be afraid of little, little things. He said it's still subjected. Until the time set by the Father. So it's the Father that will say, yes, I want to put you in this position. You know why God cannot put some people or some of us in a position? It's because he's still looking at our maturity. That I'm waiting for him to grow to that this level. Yes, I'll give him to do, I will, I will release this position to him at this stage. Let him mature with this. Let him grow with this. And then I'm going to release him. This is a plan I have for him. But the plan I have for him is higher than where he is now. But I'm putting him in this stage so that he can grow. And he can face some challenges, face some problems. And he can come to me. And then I can empower him, can teach him. And now he's growing. But God is taking that man that is growing or to a position. It says, if you look at verse 3, it says something. And so also, when we were under age, we were enslaved under the elements, 
spiritual forces of the world. You see, we are enslaved by those elements. The Bible calls those spiritual things elements, things, nature, sickness, headache, all kind of uh, little time when you don't have money, when you have to face. Uh, some fearful things, when you have to make some decisions, when some laws and some temptations are coming to you, there are elements that the, the devil is using, but God is allowing it so that we can get mature from those things. But if we keep falling into those things, we will never be mature. So God is looking. So God is waiting. He's long suffering towards us. And the creature is waiting. Both living uh which is uh, animals and also living things they are humans they are waiting to see a child of god that can operate in the power of god to see a child of god that understand the dimension of the spirit to see a child of god that can that can operate in the gift of knowledge the gift of wisdom the gift of healing the gift of uh, miracle uh, the gift of uh, tongue and interpretation, the gift of different teaching, you know, being a preacher, doing all kinds of administration. They are waiting. They are waiting because that is what they are waiting for. So they are waiting for sons of God with maturity that they are heirs of Christ, joint heirs with him that can operate and bring God to the people. And now, when they see the manifestation of those things, what will they do? They will give glory to God. You know, uh, I, I was looking at uh, with the statement of Jesus in John chapter 11, uh, when he wanted to raise Lazarus. It's not about him raising Lazarus. But he said for these people to believe, and if, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. He was telling Martha, he said, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. So what happened in that place, the, 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 the rising of Lazarus from dead, is not just that Jesus could believe, but for them to see the glory of God. You say, oh, glorify God, God be praised, hallelujah. And an unbeliever that has problems, maybe he's facing some things, and he say, let me pray for you. And you lay hands on the person, and the person say, ah, when you pray for me, oh, something happened. I tell your God, your God is good. They are giving glory to our God. That is what the verse is saying. He said, for the earnest expectation, for those that are walking in the spirit, the earnest expectation of the creature is waiting. They are still long-suffering. They are waiting. They are waiting on you. Brother John, they are waiting on T's. They are waiting on Greg. Greg. They are waiting on me. They are waiting on every one of us and those that are not here. They are waiting on us for those that will manifest God to them. For those that will go out there and say, I'm going to take it on myself and I'm going to see God being glorified among these people. And I'm going to see God solve their problem. That is what he's saying. I think I've, I've spoken so much about this. But I think it's very important for us to, to see ourselves start growing. To see us growing from being a baby in Christ to start speaking. And speaking fluently, to so being a baby in Christ, to so start crawling. And maybe you have gone out of, uh, you've learned how to speak, you know how to speak now. And then you are no longer uh, crawling again. But now you are walking. To so being a child that is walking without the assistance of the father or mother, you know, <laughs> you know.
Sometimes you 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 will help some people in prayer. They will always say, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. Early little things, they will say, pray for me. It's good to have to join together in prayer. But these people, they cannot work on their own. You know, there are people like that. There are many people in the church. They cannot work on their own. They are still babies. There is nothing you can do. They are babies. You can just, you will just help them by praying for them. And uh, when they are facing some challenges, so that they will not die. So that the enemy will not conquer them. So they need prayer. Just like the parents will take a child and walk with the child. It's still crawling. We, we assist the child so that it doesn't get into problem. We fill the child with meat. You know, Peter was talking about, he said, uh, Peter was talking about, the, uh, I can't do anything than to feed you with meat because of what is going on among them. He said, you are still babies. I, mean, I don't understand what is going on in this church. He's talking to church. He said, I don't understand what is going on in this church. You guys are behaving like babies. You should have grown to maturity, but you guys are behaving like baby. So we have to begin to examine ourselves. I remember long years ago that I understood through the Spirit that I'm, I'm at the teenager's level of, I'm not talking about age now. When I talk about maturing in the Spirit, I'm not talking about age. Physical age does not matter. <laughs> it does not even speak about it, the things in the Spirit. So I understood in the Spirit that I am uh, at the teenager's level. I'm no longer a toddler. <laughs> at least I'm, I'm, I'm at the teenager's level. You, you know. So, and how did I understand that uh, I'm at the teenager's level? It's the Spirit of God that made me understand that. Because I believe that then that uh, I can do everything on my own. I don't need anybody. And we know those uh, things that happen to teenagers in the physical realm also is similar to those things that happen to uh, teenagers in the spiritual realm, the way uh, they operate. So I was operating like that, believing that I, I don't need any assistance, I can do everything on my own, I don't need to follow anybody. I don't. So all those things were there. And a teenager person in the spiritual realm want to try everything, you know. You just want to go and try everything. Go and try. It's good. That's teenager for you. They are full of all kind of desire. They want to try this. They want to try that. They want to try this. They want to try that. But it's very important for a teenager. That's when I understood that. It's very important for a teenager to be guided so that you don't fall out. And God made me understand an example that he gave me then was if you look at a tree. If you plant a tree in the younger age, we'll finish very soon and then I will allow us to, to talk. I think I'm talking today. Uh, too much, but uh, I think it's, it's needed. So, if you plant a tree, a young tree that is just growing, you know, they used to put a stick, uh, this dry wood beside it. If many of us could understand the reason why that thing is there, it's because so as to strengthen that tree. When the wind is blowing, when every storm is coming, if that tree, that growing tree, does not have a stick, a strong stick, wood beside it, it can blow it away. It can, it can cut. Something bad can happen to it. But the farmers know this. They will plant, they will, no, not, they will just put a stick beside that tree that is growing. And do you know, we, in no long time, that tree will have grown the stick. But sometimes you might feel like, uh, what is the stake? But you don't know that the stake has helped in maturing what the 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 stick that is growing. 
And that is the same thing in the kingdom. That sometimes God can put us under uh, a leader, uh, some people, so as to help us in maturing, so as to guide us. Many times you will outgrow those people. If the person is not growing, because the stake I'm talking about is a dry and dead one. Sometimes they, they use a uh, non-dead one that is still growing, but is, is more mature than this one. So in the kingdom of God, it operates like that. They put people under someone. They put them. They grow. Sometimes the growing stake can outgrow the stake that is dead, which, which happens spiritually too. You can outgrow your leader, you know, can outgrow them spiritually. You are more mature, the dimension in the spirit that you are working with and the way God is using you is more than the person that you were connected to in the beginning it happens, so there shouldn't be envy in that area because that's how it happens, the growth level is different from everybody but I want us to understand that it's very important in this kind of synergic uh, way in which God operates that he find a way in growing his people and in growing them, it can pull them under people. It can pull them to listen to some people. It can pull them to this direction, pull them to this direction, pull them to this direction. You get some knowledge here, from here, experience, experience, experience. So that you can be mature as a believer in where he's sending you to. And sometimes when the plant does uh, stick, when it grows to a level, they harvest it, they remove it from that area and plant it in another place. You know, God does that too. He can move you from where you are. I've seen that you mature very well. Now I can use you in this dimension. He just move you and plant you in another place. And it can be in another church, another environment, another country, another place, so that the growth and manifestation of God can continue. So it's very important for us as believers not just to remain at the childhood stage, it's very important for us to allow the word of God that we are receiving to what? To mature us. To get us mature. Get the nourishment. Get the understanding. Get the training. Get all the, temp the things that God is using to train you. Sometimes we say the suffering. You know, verse 18 was talking about something. Uh, Romans chapter 8 verse 18. It says, For I reckon that the suffering of this present time and not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Look at that. The things you are going through now, the things that God exposed you to. You know, there are times in the past that I used to, I used to say I question God, but I'm not questioning God. I'm just asking questions. That God, why this? Why that? Why do I have to face this? Why do I have to face that? But when... I grew up a little bit. I began, I began to understand that those things I faced are necessary because it's part of where God is taking you, me to, and it's necessary for me to face those things, to suffer those things. He said the present thing. He said we reckon that the suffering of this present time, the suffering that we are going through now because of the growth that God is trying to take us into, because of the growth that we are experiencing, is not to be compared with what God is taking us to in the future. We should not use what we are facing today to stop us from following God and say, if God is not good today, then God is never good. 
people have concluded if God cannot do it today then God cannot do it again I'm living this God if this suffering is too much at this time I don't know I'm just going I'm not going to wait again but we don't understand that it's growth God is taking you through a process he is maturing you and is teaching you exposing you to some things and you are getting mature so that you can be fit to be used at that level where God is taking us to. I pray that God will help us in the name of Jesus. I've been talking. Uh, does anybody have something to add? Before we bring it to a close, I think uh, we still continue this Romans chapter 8 next week. Uh, it's really vast. And I don't want us to rush it. I don't want us to rush it. Or do we have any question? Do you want to add anything or from your own experience? As a child of God, you want to share or you have a question to ask? I think Brother Greg, I have not stopped. You have not talked. Do you want to say something? Not today, Pastor. Okay. Awesome. Not today. Okay. Not today. Prepare for next week. <laughs> next week, you are going to be talking. Next so. week, yes. Next week, for sure. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So I I am encouraged with what God is doing among us. I am really blessed. I'm not after the number. I'm really after uh, the growth. Because the growth is more important to God. You see, the Bible says uh, one shall chase thousands and two shall chase ten thousand. If we are more mature to that level, that we, just one person can chase thousand. And God has uh, filled you with his knowledge, power, to be able to do exploits that you can chase thousands, I'm okay with that. So this study is for us to be able to grow, to be able to ask questions, to be able to talk, to be able to do things and get mature. And then uh, wherever God is leading us to, we'll be able to function in that dimension. I pray that God will bless us. If there is no other thing to add, I won't just want us to pray. I just want us to pray that uh, God should give us more understanding of how to work in the Spirit. I want you to pray that prayer, Lord, give me understanding of how I can walk in the Spirit. I want to begin to walk in the Spirit more, less of flesh, but walking in the Spirit. Can we pray right now? Lord, we thank you for what you have done today. We give you all adoration unto you for all the things that you have done. Because you have blessed us today, you have given us understanding of your word, and we are praying, Lord, that you will give us the grace to walk in the Spirit. Teach us how to walk in the Spirit. How to walk and be led by your Spirit. How to understand to operate in the Spirit. Not to be subjected to the realm of the flesh. But to be walking in the realm of the Spirit, Lord. Help us open our understanding to more of you, Lord. Teach us to fly, to, 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 to move like a wind in the Spirit, Lord. I pray for everyone, Lord, that you will strengthen them. Let your strength come upon everyone. Lord, help us to grow and to get mature in you. So that we can be used more and more. So that we will not go less of the expectation that you are having for us. Thank you, Lord, for what you are doing in this church. Thank you, Lord, for what you are going to continue to do. I pray for everyone in 